Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. But there was one class for religion where we would write Bible. We were, they turned us into monks. We had to write Bible transcripts. <laughs> we were learning nothing. Maybe, I don't know how to spell. <laughs> but like, you know, we were all 17. But they, you know, have you ever seen that thing where you get tea bags and you just start patting the paper to make it look old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave us all the tea bags and we just threw them at the ceiling. <laughs> and to this day, you can still see the tea stains because it's, it's, it's too far up to... And I miss that. You can't, you can't, you can't go into the Starbucks and do that. <laughs> they throw you out. It's... Hello and welcome to the A Life in Dublin podcast. I'm Mark, one half of the A Life in Dublin team. Today's episode was a live recording in front of an audience with a young and extraordinarily talented Robbie Wilde. I can't say much more about the guy than my face was genuinely sore from laughing by the end of the night. He was brilliant and I think you're going to love our chat with him. The night was topped off with some brilliant music and vocals from the Italian cellist Joy. All socials for both Robbie and Joy are in the description of this episode. Thanks again to you, the listener, for all your supportive messages. If you like what we are trying to do and want to support us in creating more content and more events, then you can donate the price of a coffee to us on our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash a life in Dublin. And now here's our conversation with Robbie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, make sure that the green light is facing you, right? If you're turning it around that way, it's not right. going to work. So, so this is that's facing me. I, I want this instead. That's fine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've seen that video. <laughs> right. But what was your question? You wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, I wanted to be a teacher, but I hated kids. I and COVID. I went to college to learn how to be a teacher, and uh, COVID really interrupted that with Zoom. And I did mm. not like Zoom at all. Yeah. I still don't. And in college, I don't know if there's any people in college here, but it was genuinely like they, it was such a horrific experience, such traumatic, but like they would, like they would tell us, oh, can you turn on your cameras and stuff? And it got to a point where they had to tell me, please turn off your camera. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I would we'd be wearing a different costume <laughs> or I'd be, I'd be half naked in one of them. And it was just, so it's like, anyways, I didn't do teaching in the end because I, I was doing a split course, so I was doing filmmaking and teaching. I right. dropped the teaching. 
say I can't do teaching I'm still doing film in final year now mm. and but that's oh, I'm sorry to interrupt but I've yeah. seen some of your your videos and stuff oh, like I'm that so on sorry. Instagram yeah. uh, no but they're, <laughs> they're, they're very good and, and incredibly well produced ah, ah. from someone who like me is trying to absolutely like fake it or, like fake it till you make it I don't know yeah. what I'm doing basically no, I need yeah, yeah. Um, no but your, your, your content is brilliant oh thank you thank yeah. you that warms my heart yeah. uh, but it's um I love, yeah, well, I mean, that's just, you know, you have to make everything, anything. If it's shite, if it's good, just make, make, make. That's my, and that's why comedy as well. I started comedy because it's just, comedy is like a form of writing. And I love writing horror and grotesque or misery. And that's how I write comedy. You know, you write horror and then you just peel back the layers and there you've got comedy. And it's strange because unlike filmmaking, and you might, well, I don't know if you do comedy or if you do anything else, but with filmmaking or anything, any other hobby I do, it's very slow to like start off. It, it, there's a lot you put into it. But comedy was the very, very, I don't think there's anything else like it where once I started it, it just shot up. Just like straight, like. The fact that you've only been doing it for a year is, is I'm, I'm shocked when you said that because uh, um, I've seen plenty of comedians um, I think you obviously have a bit of a talent for it. Well, I, I don't know yeah, if you, is, yeah. um, I don't know how you, like how you found that. Whether it was in, within your family, within oh, school, no. or <laughs> uh, I love my family, but they're 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 very um, like they're very acting kind of. They love theatre and all that, so maybe I got it from that. But I I'm not an, I am a terrible actor. I can't act, and I think you need acting for comedy. But and I will eventually learn how to act properly. But um. But, but for example, would that what we just saw, was that you? That was Robbie. That was Who Robbie. <laughs> that, like, that was, yeah, that was Robbie and I, yeah, and I'm something else, I think. It's not, it's not really a character. It's more like, um, because, you know, like, yeah, I feel like when I went on comedy at the start, you put on the face, you put on a stage press, but I think that's wrong. I think, you know, it, it didn't. You know, people like the jokes, but people don't really like you then. Or they don't, they, they want you. They don't want, and it took a really long while to get that, to understand that, you know, people, they want honesty. They want, they don't want the visage really too much. I mm. mean, you can over-exaggerate everything and that's brilliant, you know, but yeah. they want what you are. So that is, yeah, Robbie, yeah, that's me. That would, I would, but I would consider that a different entity to what I am at home or yeah, making of, films. Uh, of course. It, it's a bit like, I mean, I know that you went into or you, you attempted to go into teaching. Ah. Yeah, who, who knows what in the future what might happen with that. Yeah. But, um, I remember I, I, I used to be a teacher as well. When I was when I was doing that, training to be a teacher, they, they very much said to me, like, your job is not to be Mark in the classroom. You don't oh, yeah. walk into the classroom as Mark because if you're in a bad mood, you, you can't transmit that. To, That's to true. Students. Yeah. You have to essentially act. Yeah. 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 But, um, but in, I feel like in the comedy sense, people want to see the bad mood. If you're in a bad, if you're having a shit day and there is like a lot of like the people would, would argue that be like, no, no, you have to put that behind, put on a good show for people. But in my experience, people, people just like you, if I try be someone else, they're like, that is sh fuck off. You know, that is yeah. shite. Get off the stage. But, <laughs> but like, like once you're yourself, like, and that's why like, I've only been doing it a year, right? And I only have about 15 minutes of good material. And you'd have all these comics who'd be like doing it two months and they'd be like, I have an hour. And it's just a, a lie. Like, no, no, you don't. 
And, but the reason I'm so slow when it comes to writing jokes is because I'm so focused on, you know, how do I hold the mic? How do I look? Where am I standing? How do I move? The stage presence. You know, how am I... How to be yourself. It's so impossible, I think, to be. How, how much... What we just saw, how much work just went into what we just saw? A year. That's all your <laughs> that, material. That's, well, it's not all of it, but yeah, that would be, that would be yeah, a year. Good man, man. Yeah, a good 365 days of shite, of just... Mm. Of either no laughs, big laughs, mixed laughs. When you said that you went off script, did you genuinely were you just kind of added so the, the I went because like obviously when I'm like writing materials like that's I'm going to perform now that's going to be great. But then I like when I'm ever, whenever I'm walking through the street of Dublin or something like that, I will always be thinking of lines in my head. That's just how. I, or when I'm writing, and at some point I will sit down and develop them into a set. But if I go off script. I haven't developed those bits into a set yet. So that off script bit is, you know, I've, I've thought of it before, but I haven't uh, fully developed I haven't right turned right. the coal into diamond. Yeah. You know? yeah. It is still. We spoke to, on this podcast actually, a few months back, uh, Sean Oyosa. I don't know if oh, you yeah. Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he was kind of making, he didn't say the point that Dublin wasn't big enough, but he's been taking trips back and forth to London. And then is eventually going to, I think he said, I'm not sure if he has moved at this point, but it's moving to Berlin. He uh, will be, yeah. There's actually, there's two com- comedians for at our level, like we're all roughly at the same level, tier list, I don't know. But Sean and another, Rob Nother, they're going to Berlin as well. Um, so, so what happens in that sense? Is Dublin not big enough? Is it not supportive enough? Is the community around comedy? Like, why are people moving abroad? It is extremely supportive. It is such a nice community. Mm. whether you're a shite comedian a really talented comedian you know wherever you are on the system you could be like a really like like a horrible comedian as well people will still like find a way to just we all sit around and be like look you need help with this or if you, if you know if you want to do something but while everyone's very friendly and you know happy and not competitive as well there's no there's no competitiveness no here you know we have competitions but everyone, everyone's just having the crack you know yeah there's no real leg room to expand, really. You can't, like, like if I was to stay in Dublin, as I, I, this is what I believe. If I was to stay in Dublin as a stand-up, doing stand-up forever, only in Dublin, I would become only so big. It would not be enough, basically. It wouldn't be enough financially as well. You, know? you think you could, that's because everyone's just having the crack and because they're not taking it, not seriously, but there's no competition, there's a so... There's bit of that, but there's also, like, there's two different types of stand-up, I think. There's media stand-up and then there's stand-up stand-up. So stand-up stand-up would be, like, in the clubs, you know, you're learning how to, you know, you just... And some people make a living off that. Yeah. And it's very hard to get to that level, but, you know, you just... Going around to different clubs. Media stand-up is probably the stand-up we're all a bit more familiar with, where you see them on TV. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know how to. You, you look them on YouTube clips and all that. Netflix and all. Yeah, that. yeah, literally Netflix specials. And the way to get to, they pay more, obviously. Yeah. And the way to get to that would be it wouldn't be through Dublin. Uh, you know, Dublin has a great media. No, it's not great. <laughs> media, <laughs> media is an all right. Or, or Dublin has an all right media kind of. Mm. You know, there's only so much. You Ireland can do from here. Yeah. Your... And it's tricks. I love Ireland. I really do. But it's... Have you been given any tips from people about how to, like, get your big break or whatever in, in Dublin? Well, I was actually, you know, I went into comedy thinking, you know, when am I going to get my big break? But I realised, and I kind of see this in every aspect of my life, not just comedy. You know, 
like who you are and your achievements I don't you know again some might disagree but I don't really see it as one big break going to make it I see it as a lot of little things accumulating into one big achievement like a portfolio kind of now granted there is like some little things that are bigger than others you know medium sized things Uh, (laughs) in, uh, in Dublin like the biggest break I got in Dublin was the Crack Then TV show and that was class crack you know and we're hopefully getting the season two in summer on Virgin Media brilliant but you know as much as that you can put that on your CV and your man will be proud of you for a month that will only get you so far you know so um, I saw um, I think it was I can't remember whose Instagram it was whether it was Madeline's or yours a mm. picture of yourself Madeline and David McSavage that was two nights ago two nights okay. ago yeah um, I and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass here or anything but I remember years and years ago this must be about I had a mate who was trying to do comedy and his job was to stand outside uh, the Haypenny Bridge Inn with a sign uh, saying, you know, comedy here tonight. And then if there were not enough people signed up, he'd get a chance to to do a little bit of stand up. Um, So he's like, come on in. We'll just, you know, it was freezing one night and I went in. There wasn't that many people there. It was probably about the same amount of people as there was here tonight. And... uh, (laughs) One of the comedians just left as well. And it was uh, Foil Arms and Hog. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, were there. And I nearly wet myself laughing, like just. Oh, yeah. And I remember David McSavage was there that night as well. And I think he obviously has an eye on, on oh, does, yeah. up and coming talent and. Savage Eye. Uh, the, you know, Savage Eye and all the rest of it. Um, uh, but. I was equally laughing here tonight when you were doing your comedy. Oh, like, that, yeah, that PDF of the dog thing. I don't know why. It's just so <laughs> stupid, but it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Um, First world problems. Does but, that, you know, like, how seriously are you taking this? Oh, it's priority number one. So much so, I was sent to the principal's office there from college. <laughs> I don't know, it's not a principal. I don't know what she is. <laughs> your head. But I was sent, it was before Christmas. She was like, do you even want a degree? He said, no. Because <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do want a degree, again, to make my mother happy for a week. But, you know, like, because it's great digital media and can't really get much out of it. It's more like, I, the only reason I'm going after a degree, and if my mother's watching this, she's going to kill me. But the reason I'm going after it, so I, when I'm in my deathbed, I can say, yeah, I have a degree. <laughs> and then I die and that's it. But then, like, what do you call it? Um, but priority number one, and this is what I was saying to my teachers, like, priority number one is comedy. And I've never, I'm a very, or at least I've been told, I've the face of a dosser, you know, I kind of do. I do doss. I don't take, you know, a lot of things seriously. But like, and when I'm going around gigging and all that, you know, I'm having a crack. But at home, you know, you have to plan. You have to, the only thing I don't plan when it comes to comedy is when I'm performing, which is why I'm always like late to gigs. They always remind me like a day before going, you know, you're on tomorrow. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but apart from that, it's... But come here, so you, you said you've been doing this for one year. Yeah. And it's become priority number one. Yeah. What was priority number one before this last year? Probably teaching and just surviving. Kind. Of. Well, I actually, before the year, like, I've wanted to do comedy since, like, two years ago. Three years ago, I think, around that. Uh, that was in my mind. And it was slow. It was like a, a, a cancer. You know, I had the teaching, but then this comedy idea just kept growing and growing and it overtook it like that. And it was so strange because in se- I loved secondary school. Loved it. It was the best cry peaked. 
So, but after second, so I was like, I have to go back. I want to spend my entire life in secondary school. And obviously, once I seen the real world, I was like, I still love secondary school, but you know, I want to do more. And comedy. Was it just the crack with your mates and stuff in secondary school? Oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was not smart, and I still amn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, but uh, I um I loved secondary school so much. It was it was great banter, but I, I was not the class clown. In secondary school I was very much the, the dos or the, the one who was asleep at the back of the class but I had a lovely school experience which is odd because I went into secondary school thinking it'd be like the movies where you get shoved into lockers and stuff but it was we were all very, maybe I'm just lucky you know it's I've, funny because I, I hated secondary school a lot school. of people Same. do and yeah, I, don't, I don't know about what, what people here had their experience <laughs> yeah but a lot, of, I, a lot of people I talked to were like what how do you like secondary obviously I didn't like waking up in the, but that's still I don't like waking up yeah. you know that's excruciating as you've just heard there it's excruciating but like once I'm actually in the in the school you know which is because I hate college oh wow, man where the, the opposite I had a great time this, this, yeah this is what everyone, I hate college well, mind you I do go to NCAD and that's what David McSavage was saying because I told him I went to NCAD when he took the picture and he gave me this look but uh, you know I just said I hate NCAD no actually with full offence I hate NCAD <laughs> I hate NCAD and he was very happy with that because NCAD is just it's it's an art college but they produce no art whatsoever well it is art but it's unoriginal it's oh, they call it they call it art it's just it's horrible but anyways yeah, yeah. what was your question? well it was kind of related to, yeah, oh, to that and, 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 <laughs> and that kind of aspect of, of it being you know I kind of understand, like, I have, I have some friends who were the class clowns, we'll say, and mm. I said you, that you weren't, um, and they were, like, these very, very funny people, yeah, and, yeah. and I think they did, for a few years, struggle to find themselves afterwards. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, like, a countdown clock. Like, I didn't even go to school for the last six months of, of school. I just oh, really? hate it. Wow. Yeah. Um, like, during the leaving cert, like, you had last six months? The last six months, I didn't go. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was silly. Like I, I had this like, I'm not gonna say an arrogant, but I gen I had teachers that were literally just reading from the book and. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I, I had, like, I had oh, what, what the hell am I here for? I had my fair play of of unenthused teachers, which kind of made me want to go. I can do better than you, mm. and obviously <laughs> that went to shit. But um, <laughs> but even then, I feel like me quitting teaching is still better than them actually teaching. I'm still better, you know. <laughs> Again, that's, how, that's how shit of a teacher they were. But like I remember, because there's like during the leave insert as well, there's like a week period where you're not, you have to go home and study and then you do the leave insert. You know, you're, you're doing class and then here comes the week and you just study. Obviously I didn't, well, I studied a bit, but you know, video games were a thing. And they still are, which is great crack. <laughs> but, you know, when I came back, everyone was miserable, you know, mm. because they're doing leave insert. But I was so excited to see my friends again and all of them. And it was great crack being in the classroom again. Uh, there was a girl during the French uh, listening exam. She started crying. It was amazing. I really, <laughs> I loved, I loved school. <laughs> there was, I remember I did, I did TY. That's how much I loved school, which is transition year. And we were, it was, it was a joke, really, transition year. It was, we didn't do anything proper. But there was one class for religion where we would write a Bible. We were, they, 
turned us into monks. We had to write Bible transcripts. <laughs> we were learning nothing. Maybe, I don't know how to spell. <laughs> but like, you know, we were all 17. But they, you know, have you ever seen that thing where you get tea bags? And you just start patting the paper to make it look old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave us all the tea bags and we just threw them at the <laughs> ceiling. And to this day, you can still see the tea stains because it's, it's, it's too far up to. And I miss that. You can't, you can't, you can't go into the Starbucks and do that. <laughs> they throw you out. It's, I've tried. You can't, can't do, work it. To do that either. Yeah. You might get away with it in Dunn Stores coffee shop, but <laughs> it's just you know. How, how much of. Uh, because I was saying actually to some of the guys earlier here tonight mm. that um, through Nia and Melinda I've gotten to know a little um, small portion of Madeline of right. the the comedy community here yeah. and it does seem very tight like you did said they, did they say it was nice yes they didn't everybody say everybody but Robbie's every, a scumbag no <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as yeah, as we told, yeah, yeah we told them you were coming on all he yeah. did was laugh yeah, they didn't say anything but that's what I love yeah they're very because it's like like and that's the thing when I talk about you know I've I've friends surprisingly, and I talk to them and I'm like talking about you know the comedy community, and I say my co-workers, which kind of feels weird because they are co-workers, but I, yeah. I get a lot. They are kind of like a family as well. Yeah, you know they're very and I've mentors as well. I never thought I could I I would have the capacity for a mentor. Who's know? your mentor? Brian Gallagher and I've I've Brian Gallagher, Eddie and Damo who run the crack then. Well, Eddie and Damo are more like my bosses or my parents. Damo is the fun-loving wife who brings me to the playground. And Eddie is the father who beats me with a belt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian's the creepy uncle who gives me a shot of whiskey when my mom's not looking. You know that? <laughs> and I, I love them three. They're great. Now, they have taught me like so much. Because I went to Edinburgh with them and all that. And they've taught me so much. Aideen McQueen as well. She's, she's taught me. She's the fun aunt, you know, the wine aunt, you know. But I don't like wine, but I love my aunt. I love Aideen, sorry. But it's, you know, it's great fun. It's great fun. But um, you've, all, you've gotten to know all of these people in one year. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's like, it's kind of strange. You, you just, you live in a second life almost. Yes. You know, just like that. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's, it's strange because, you know, as, as well with the stage presence, as I was saying, when you first join, you're putting on the mask, you're putting on the comedy. And there is still a form of exaggeration you're putting on. But then when you, you know, the mask isn't off when you come off the stage. You know, you see, I, I would go to the comedy bookers and all that and be like, how was that? Any tips? What's going on? You know, what's the crack? And you still have the, it's almost like you're cheating on your normal life. Yeah. But my normal life is completely dissipated now. It's gone. It's it's in the trench. But so, like, what does a, a, a serious comedian's life look like here? Like, are you getting up? Do you sit down at a computer and start writing jokes? No, never computer. Never digital. Like, the only time I would ever do anything digitally is if an idea comes into my head. It's like, I have to write that down for later. But if I'm writing jokes, it's never on screen. Never, because I, 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 I like paper. And paper, I just write... And then my writings turn into doodles, and that's usually how I remember things. Right. Sometimes I draw first, and then those become stories, you know. What are you drawing? Are you drawing the scene? Are I you have like... a clue. They just, <laughs> fuck it, they appear. I draw monsters a lot. Okay. I like drawing monsters. I think monsters are really good. I like drawing, like, really, again, like, as I was saying, like, you write horror, you write grotesque, and then you kind of strip back. That's how I write everything, even if it's not comedy, even if it's, like, something like, I love writing from like normal life you know and that's like every comedian will say that if you're writing anything you know write from what you know 
I don't really know anything though, but like just write, you know, what you experience every day and then turn that into something grotesque and then strip that back into comedy. And it's... Right, so you're exact... Like, I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very like, I am super pragmatic. So yeah, uh, when you're like I talking like about doodles and jokes and I was like, what? What's yeah. going on here? Um, so you're, you're saying that like you're exaggerating a lot yeah. situations yeah, 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 yeah. on paper. So write, write what you know first. It's very simple. Like in terms of what I do is I go home and I write what happened during the day. What happened during the day? I just write it down. And then eventually something just takes over and it, you just start drawing. Not what you've written, but you just start drawing. And then they kind of merge into... It's like a Venn diagram. We have one circle of all the writing of what's happened today and one circle of all the, the monsters and the creatures. And in the middle, you have a joke about baby bells. <laughs> and I don't know. And it's funny as well because I, I really despise that joke. <laughs> because that was, that was like one of my... F- it's like my second ever joke I've written was the baby bell joke it used to be starbursts actually and a lot of people would argue oh, starbursts is funnier than baby bells but I'm like no jeez I, I agree with the baby bells yeah I think baby bells is, is good but I really don't like that joke I really don't uh, but it is a great segue into the middle where I just get to really just be myself kind of just rant about you know uh, God and, and I'm a very again biblical boy you know theologically specimen um, you said you're not a religious person. No. Well, yeah, well, you know, I would consider myself Catholic apart from the fact I don't practice any Catholic practices. Mm. So, like, I think I'm just very interested in Catholic, just Christianity in general. I'm, I'm very interested in, in all religions, actually. I think Buddhism is really cool. Although Buddhism is very scary. The fact of reincarnation is a terrifying thought. Yeah, I, have to, I have to do this all over again. I yeah. just... <laughs> It's like yeah. game over. Yeah, for me, that's like going through school again. For me, that would be. Well, that would be pretty cool, actually. Now that you say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's if like you don't come back as a carrot cake, like you yeah, said, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, um, but, yeah. but carrot cakes still have a bit of spice in them. Yeah. Can I ask what age, what age are you? I don't. Know. Oh, geez, I don't know now. I've lost count. <laughs> the bags under the eyes say a different story, but I think I'm 21 now. No, I'm 22. Oh my god. Jeez, you're only 22. Yeah, but I get heartburn yeah. going up the stairs, so I might as well be 50. Fucking <laughs> hell, 22. Am I allowed to ask, what age are you, lads? Uh, no, you're not allowed to ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to get my haircut tomorrow and I'll give you a different answer. <laughs> I, I, I think you look. Go on, tell me. <laughs> you know what, because I'll tell you what, when I was 25, mm-hmm. someone told me I looked 40. So, so not 25. I'm not 25, but this can't be worse than that. Well, you're not, not wearing your shirt, shirt from the other day as well. No, and I've got a very mature... Um, mature uh, shirt. N- not mature, uh, what's the one? A youthful looking t-shirt on. <laughs> it came out there. Wait, how old did you think I was? I would have said you're about 25. <laughs> Jesus, no, I'd be dead before then. <laughs> I get hit by a, a bus because I don't look left or right. They didn't, they didn't teach me that in school. They just taught me how to fucking throw tea bags at the ceiling. Yeah. But um, but I think you look. So you're not 25. That's what I would have said. I think 25. It's very generous. Jesus, yeah, that is extremely generous. And a very generous person. Yeah, yeah. no, no. You I... look 50. No. <laughs> <laughs> I take that too. Given the ratio of 25, 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm actually speaking of religion. The same mm, dodges as the question. A... <laughs> Back to God. Back to God. <laughs> actually, I'm about to reference uh, G- Jesus being 33. I'm 33. 
Is Jesus, Jesus died. Oh, he died when he was 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so but then he rose again, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's questionable. Um, anyway, I've really, really appreciated you being here and spending time oh, with us. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, no it's been a lot of fun. No bother. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to be interested to follow your, your career as it goes on. Oh, I, 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 no, I, I'm, I'm no. not... As I said, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I thought you were you were very very funny. Oh, thank you. Thank I think you. you've got a genuine talent. Um, keep working on it. But can I ask as well? Like, with with, with can I ask where 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 are you going with your futures in terms of? Because we know I'm just trying to be a stand up, even though I don't I don't necessarily want fame, and that's it surprises people. I actually don't. Well, I'm a very I just want wealth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm greedy, but. Um, <laughs> And prideful, and if you're going to hell, it might as well be for pride. But well, what what are you going for for the podcast? What's this is a bit of an enigma. I think you can go multiple routes with it. It could go multiple routes. For now, we're going with the flow. Is there a priority? Is that number one priority, or is there different priorities? Which is um, the priority ultimately um, is to try and enable. It's actually I, I kind of believe in the power of conversation. Oh yeah, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we to answer the fucking question? <laughs> Sorry, go um, And I think that ultimately I, w- I would like this to be a platform where people can kind of uh, get to know new people, like a community can be built around it. Um, I was saying to the guys earlier on here tonight, when I um, moved abroad, I would have enjoyed something like this, mm. where it might be one night a week where you can go and you meet random people and you know, you might exchange a WhatsApp number. I was like, listen, we'll go for a coffee that day. WhatsApp? Jesus, yeah. you are over 25. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use? A Snapchat, baby. Snapchat. Oh, yeah. no. Snapping the boys. I, I can never remember the messages. I open it again and it's gone. Oh, you can see it. You send messages on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was yeah. just pictures. Oh, well, you can send messages as well. Oh, right? Okay, but wait, but Juan, so would you go abroad? <laughs> but how, because this this park is, is a life in Dublin. Yeah. yeah. How would you do that abroad? No, no, I. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I guess we're getting to the generational thing again. I, I already was abroad. Now I'm back. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. A life in Dubai. Uh, <laughs> anything that starts with a D. Yeah, a life in. Denmark. Yeah. Um, another one, another one. A life in Detroit. To be honest, though, <laughs> what has happened since, actually, we've ah. started it. We obviously started mostly interviewing expats and stuff like that. And then, like, Pete, like yourself, who's, who's lived in, in Thailand for 12 years and then came back. And he was talking about reverse culture shock and that kind of stuff. Um, trying to get, like, um, and create a picture of Dublin for people who don't know it. So they feel a bit more welcome in it. Does that make sense? So you know, yeah. Dublin is a bit like it has its 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 light and its dark. Yes, so there's yes. there's many um, so great you, points about yeah. it. But I from obviously being surrounded a lot by the Spanish community here as well. Yeah, you. you know, <laughs> people like like it's uh, it, sometimes you you need to kind of uh, give a little explanation as to why something is happening in yes, the city and you're yeah. like you don't need to worry about that you just need to keep walking or or whatever yeah, it might yeah, be yeah. or you know s- silly stuff like that right so that's where the origin of the podcast came from right, right. and then uh, subsequently more uh, people like yourself like creative people have come on it and those two communities are starting to kind of no, come together in a way blame. in a sense of and there's a lot like, like joy you know 
people who kind of fit that Venn diagram perfectly. So whether you know she might be you know, a performer, yeah. musician, but she's actually Italian and she's living that experience yes. and that expat yes. experience here. I think our, our Dublin, like, because, you know, there's a lot of hate that goes towards Dublin. And I agree with a lot of it, to be honest with you. It's just, it's just the way it is. But I think Dublin is great for creativity, though. Yeah. Because it's such a chaotic mess. I like so when I was living in Dublin last year, like like I was living with the lad, the boys, you know, and that was in an apartment. And I would wake up genuinely at like two in the day, and for breakfast I would have a monster can and a, a, a bowl. It wasn't a bowl of jelly; it was a saucepan of jelly, and I'd eat that with a fork. <laughs> and then I go to college. But college is already over; it's two o'clock. So I just I walk around Mabbit Lane, and there'd be I kid you not, there'd be like there was an old man who like was playing Harry Potter with his umbrella. It was <laughs> mental. And I was just like, I despise the city, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I think, so if you are like a musician or like, like again, you have to make, make, make. That's the point. I, that's what my meaning to life is. Make, just make. It doesn't matter what you make, just make. Uh, I think if you want inspiration to make, Dublin's the best place to go. Apart from there's a lot of people though, like there's the general public. I don't think a lot. I don't think a lot of people like. The, I don't like the general public. No, not a lot of people do. But that's my only concern when it comes to the chaos of Dublin. There'll be a lot of people in the, in Dublin that make eye contact with you, and that's bad. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> but apart from that, you know, it's funny because I don't know for some sh- now that I know you're 21, you're talking about eating jelly with a fork. Hmm. I'm kind of envious. See that like the housing crisis that's obviously been talked about, you know, so much, and because it is such a big problem. So I've had to move back with the parents. I was only very recently I told the boys. The boys with a Z, oh my God. Anyway, I told the boys, like, I really miss that terrible lifestyle. It was such a disgusting, grotesque way of living. But I, I, because now when I do that, I feel guilt. I feel immense guilt. But when I was doing it back in the day, like, like, you know, it's Dublin. There's not a lot of houses. We were all packed in a one room and we were all smelly. And, you know, like one lad never did the dishes because he was always working in arnets. And I never picked up my clothes because clothes, like putting away clothes is horrible. And the clothes horse was always flying away because we put it on the balcony because we were gobshites. And they were at the very top floor. It's like, where's our clothes? Is the, they're gone. They, I, had, I used to wear this, uh, this uh, they called it a, a wife beater. It's a, it's a vest, you know, the, the, you wear one of them. And I, I'm a scrawny lad, I don't know if you can tell. But I, and I looked grotesque. I'd never wash it. It was white. It's, it's now green. It's now, it's now gone because they took it out to the balcony and burnt it. And I missed that. My parents would never take clothes outside and burn it. They'd just look at me and go, you're a disappointment. Feed the dog. <laughs> yeah. But I love my dog. <laughs> I do, I love that. Uh, man, I wish, I, I was thinking about, I asked permission from my uh, fiance as I passed permission, had to ask permission to what? get a dog yeah. yesterday. And you get one? Uh, no. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I think, like, when it comes to a lot of, you know, uh, people and animals, um, you know, I'm very distant, I think, to a lot of, so I'm not very empathetic. I don't, I'm not, a, I don't think a lot. But dogs, I, there's some, and cats, actually. Cats and dogs, I, I've, I have a real love for them. I have a real, I absolutely adore them. Even the ones that bite you. I really, I'm like, 
I should keep it. But I won't because, you know, I mean, I should take care of it. You know, I don't think we should ever, like, unless it has, it's in pain. You can have moments of understanding. Like, I've had dogs in the past. Yeah. And I have, like, you can be, you can be having a terrible day and the dog knows you're having a terrible day. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. weird. And then also vice versa. Sometimes, and it sounds stupid, but you can tell that the dog is in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound stupid. No, no, no. I, no, I get exactly what you mean because I, I have a very old dog. I've, I've had him many years, but he's a little fluffy like Jack Russell. He's, he's very old. He doesn't bark or growl. He just grunts. Uh, you know, he reminds me a lot of my granddad. <laughs> and, you know, if they're in the same room together, I have to squint to make them apart. Uh, but my, my dog will be on the couch and like he, like we have a, like a pretty big couch. But if you sit like on the edge of it, he'll look at you with like such distaste. Like he's, what are you doing on my couch? You know, he's real grumpy. But he's, he's so old, but he's so... Uh, what's the word so calm so loving I mm. think he's such a arsehole but you say he's like your granddad kind of I don't know if you if you if you have the relationship with your granddad like I have a relationship with my granddad where I look at him and I was like you you're why are you saying these prickish things I love you so much you know why are you why why hide behind the truck full of Cadbury barrels and all this kind of stuff why do why he told me one time we were doing a family quiz and one of the questions was, what's, you know, what's the most, it was like a, like, ask a few, what's the word? <laughs> what kind of quiz? It, it was a answer. Yeah, there's a few, they give you a list of answers and you have to pick one, right? Yeah. And one of, the, one of them was like, the question was, what is the dirtiest thing? <laughs> and one of the answers was the dog's mouth. And that was the correct answer. Yeah. That was, the dog's mouth is one of the most bacterial, you know, things. And he just yells out, a dog's mouth can lick any wound and make it better. And I just like, my, my granddad has been alive for like nearly 200 years. <laughs> so I'm looking at my dog like maybe it's a point, you know. <laughs> but, but I love my dog, I really do. I love, and my granddad. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I, mean, I think, I, I'm not going to, say but I think you, you've got big things in front of you and I, I'd like to say I, I hope that you do us proud and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and that you enjoy it <laughs> you just look in the newspaper a couple of years oh no <laughs> oh what did he didn't do that no um, no seriously I mean that oh, I used to as well with the podcast in Dubai it's uh, going to be great I can't <laughs> I can't wait a, li- a life in Dubai yeah uh, a life in Dubai how, how tall does the building go you know <laughs> I appreciate sure. it um, Robbie give me a round of applause for Robbie we'll take maybe 10 minutes take your time you can get set up and then we'll have a little bit of music from Joy cool yeah. Yeah. Joy, Joy, Joy thank you so much thank you thank you really appreciate thank it you. introduce yourself I don't know if you're hi <laughs> hi everyone I'm Joy um, as you can see, I'm a cellist, I'm a singer, I'm Italian, and <laughs> um, I arrived here in Ireland because of music, basically. And as he's saying, as he was saying as well, the musical community as well is really nice, it's really open, it's really friendly, and I really like this thing of Ireland. It's really nice. Um, I'm going to sing a couple of songs for you of mine. This one is a love song that is coming on Spotify in March. It's my first single, so hope you enjoy. It's called Kenny Moment. Um, it's basically a love 
about Hybian things, like the one that you can find in the docks as well, with his sword, super elegant, that falls in love with the cleaning woman that work in the place where he works. And the wife finds a love letter and then she understands that she wants to be free and she doesn't care about what he wants back from her when he feels guilty about what he did. Like houses around, so it was 
pretty lucky girl at the time. <laughs> um, but like, he was really boring and I couldn't stand it anymore and I decided to move to Ireland after that. So. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Up the dogs, no. <laughs> so, this is complaints. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.